Yo, Rob Harvilla from 60 Songs That Explain the 90s here to inform you that we are back with 30 more songs because the 90s were super long and had a ton of rad music. Please join us every Wednesday for more 60 Songs That Explain the 90s only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. Dave? Let's just do it old school. What would you rather take? A Wardlow power bomb or a Dante Martin reverse uh, poison Rana? Ooh, ooh. Poison Ranas aren't, aren't favorable for tall guys like me. <laughs> so I'm going to have to take the power bomb. I got a big back. Wardlow's, you know, seems like a safe guy, but a poison Rana just always, it feels like that's the smallest thing could make that thing just terrible. So yeah, no, power bomb me. I feel like if you feel comfortable with the back bump in general, then you got to go power bomb. But if you're just like surprised and you don't know how to bump or take a fall, I might actually go poison Rana because at least like. Time out, time out, time out, Dave. Can you backflip? <laughs> uh, that's, well, maybe that would make it better that I can't, right? <laughs> <There you go. laughs> At least uh, you're allowed. You're allowed. I mean, you're kind of supposed to put your hands out, you know, with the yeah, with the poison runner. Just, just, sp- just follow the balls. Just follow the balls. Dante Martin's balls, and you'll do a perfect back. All right, <laughs> let's start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening, you're to, listening to, to And you're listening to And you're listening to, you're listening to You are listening to the Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show with Kaz. It's backlash week, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, I'm feeling lashy. I'm feeling backy. It's a backlashy week, man. <laughs> um, last week, we talked a little bit about my, you know, kind of accidental visit to the Performance Center. And I it felt so bad 10 minutes after we got off because all these people got cut. And oh, they got all, cut! It was all the people that you were like, hey, did you see Malcolm Bivens? And I was like, no, weirdly, he wasn't there. And like, did you see Dakota oh, Kai? Weirdly, fuck. no, I didn't see her either. That is You're just crazy. Now that, enti- now that I think about it, I'm like, yo, we really named all these people that got literally, that got released literally 
45 minutes after we were done taping. So strange. I, I, I feel like the Grim Reaper of, of the Performance well, Center. <laughs> at least we can talk about this a little bit. At least the top two, Karim, do you have the list of all the cuts? Uh, I know some off the top of my head. Yeah, it no, was... pull, pull the whole list because I know most of them too. But the, but so so as far as Dakota and Malcolm Bivens go, apparently they both sort of asked for the releases. You know, they were right. both, they both had, had in, well, no, they had both informed WWE that they weren't re-signing whenever right. their contracts were up. And so they were kind of like, politely included in this relief release unit i think they were mm -hmm. both happy with that um, bevins has already sold out his first comedy gig oh i'm rolling that's, that's kyle, uh, kyle that's lewis is producing that so like you know big ups to both those guys but yeah um dakota kai is one of dakota kai is a, like a truly weird one because i can make up a narrative in my head for almost every cut she she to me kind of fits into the into the like Malachi Black, Alistair Black category of like, I'm perplexed. Now, I don't yeah. think, at least with Black, there was just sort of like the argument that he was just, that he was just found money. Like he would have been so easy. But, you know, at least with him, you could say like, you could imagine a world in which he just rubbed somebody the wrong way backstage because he was so driven with his ideas and stuff. Like whatever, not that that legit, you know, makes it right. Right. I don't know if, Dak I mean, with Dakota Kai, it's just like, man, like how do you not give her a run on the main roster? Like, how do you not just like treat her as something serious? But I don't know. I mean, she wasn't in as consistent role with injuries and a lot of other stuff in NXT mm -hmm. either. So I don't know, but I have all the faith in the world in her succeeding to the highest level outside of WWE. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the Dakota Kai cut, it was, it was very perplexing because you almost thought you know when you watch these nxt the one thing you could never really discount with nxt is that the woman division is always going to be top notch and every woman has kind of had their era and like the dakota kai like team kick the the uh, raquel gonzalez sort of like story arc you kind of just assumed that she would eventually either become the NXT Women's Champion or just get moved up to the main roster. So when the, when when Raquel got moved up and he didn't hear nothing from Dakota, that was like the sign that, well, you know it's not because she's not good enough. You know, maybe, you know, we're at that time where folks just want to see what else is out there. And you can't be mad at them mm -hmm. for that, man. Like, it's, well, it's a beautiful time that, I, I, you know, my fault, go ahead. No, no, I do think that there's probably, the point I was, I was kind of roundaboutly making was, I do think that there's an element to all these to all to the releases in general where you know i just think that there's a new calculus at play and i'm not going to presume to know what it is you know we all right. well, i'm going to start nosing around and but it does kind of seem like well one with a lot of these other releases the the total list is like persia parada draco anthony uh sinjana george raylan divine mila milani uh page Prinzavali, uh dexter loomis is there anybody else that i'm missing um but the but the i mean the, there's a lot of very new people harlan Harlan uh, was on Harlan, there. Harlan, yeah, that was that was a little. Shocking. But there's there's a lot of very new, relatively green people who were getting TV time and or who had appeared on TV. A couple of those people appeared in the, um, in the you know women's tournament and everything. But it seems like some of them are obviously going to be like on a short leash. And I don't. Uh, there's probably a more polite way to say that or a more precise way to say that. But it just it does seem like there, there's talk there's going to be doing kind of rolling releases every six months or so that you show up. And, you know, they give you the boot camp and then they kind of just have to decide to make a call. There's some of them, some people, they're just going to cut bait. Now, yeah, these stories, they're always like, these are always interspersed with these terrible stories. Like Persia Parada just bought a house. She's not even a U.S. citizen. Now she doesn't have like her work visa, like whatever. My, my hope is that, I mean, what they need to do if they're not already, I don't know the answer to this. What they need to do is just have, you know, 
like dorm house, not dorm housing, but they just need to like own the apartment complex and just put these people in it and not have the real estate be an issue if you're only there for like a, a very like limited potential laden amount of time, right? But there does seem to be even for the main roster just a separate calculus, and then and then and you know we're gonna have to kind of see what that means over time. You know, like it's it's interesting that well, it's interesting. I mean, if you look at the main roster that you have that you have, um, I was, I was going to say Walter, uh, that you have Gunther and you have um, Champa over there who are who both dudes who like, according to their statements or maybe internet lore, had no interest in ever being on the main roster or at least <laughs> never working a full-time deal with WWE, right? And so now right. they're there. So there's obviously like, maybe that's those are both examples of wwe you know picking they, they they're obviously making their they're obviously picking their shots right i mean they're, yeah. they're releasing some people who you would think would be at least solid mid carters for the rest of their careers and i'm talking about from the main roster and then they're just like i'm sure doubling down on the people who they think can absolutely be elite you know yeah so i mean who uh, anyway i mean it's sad whenever people get cut it's particularly sad when people who it seems like there's a lot of potential in get cut you know yeah yeah you know parker parker bordreau or whatever you know harlan like you know he was being called the next brock lesnar like 45 minutes ago you know like it's so weird you know but obviously we don't know the whole thing you know yeah we don't know the whole thing and and i think what what makes this these rolling sort of cuts that happen every couple of months more frustrating is that like there is no real rhyme or reason to it like you know you can really be a North American champ or a tag team champion one month and and be released the very next month. We've seen mm-hmm. it a bunch of times. You could be in a main event storyline like Malcolm Bivens and then not be on the show next week. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, I mean and and you see how little the sort of booking is even though the the NXT booking is more supposedly closely aligned with the, you know, main roster creative now, you can see it being a being a being in the Harlan spot, you know, being main event adjacent doesn't doesn't necessarily help you you know like would you be would you be surprised if like three out of the four members of the legato got cut next week you know even though they were just throwing a dude in the back of a car on tuesday it's like no i mean like these things are just going to happen now listen part of what's going to make it really frustrating as wrestling fans Mm -hmm. is that we don't know jack shit Right. I mean, is that like people are going to get cut like Persia Parada, who it's like, well, I haven't really seen that much of her, but everything I've seen, I liked. Right. I mean, like, I don't. But, you know, we don't get to see them. We don't get to see every practice match. We don't get to see. I mean, they're obviously deciding on things that are not just NXT TV. And so it's going to be easy for in a lot of these cases to say, well, that was a real dropped ball. But like, you know, I'm not even going to like put a random person's name in this sentence because there's no way that it won't go badly. But it's like we don't know if like you know, cut person X was like a terrible person to work with backstage. We don't know if cut person X was hated by everybody else on the roster. We don't know if cut person X was like, I I mean, who knows? Like imagine all of the reasons why someone could potentially potentially lose their job in this field. You know I mean? There's so many ways, you know, and and you you never know. You never truly know why. I think, you know, when we see these releases, especially when they come in bunches, you kind of look for the biggest name and, and immediately go, Oh my gosh! How did that not work? Oh my gosh! Uh, you know the the this typical WWE drop the ball rhetoric with certain talents, and I think obviously the Dakota Kai's and Malcolm Bivens are at the top of that list when it came to these cuts. But I think now it's we're in such a different time right now when it comes to like wrestlers being released, especially if they're on NXT. That you know we know that 
NXT and the main roster are becoming a little bit more homogenized, while people that have had this following since before NXT, you know, know that there's a possibility that they could have more lucrative opportunities elsewhere, right? Like mm-hmm. the NXT, you know, for the most part, not everybody, but for the most part, NXT has gone from folks that we have either a good amount of knowledge or a fair amount of knowledge of from before they got here, whether it's the Indies, New Japan, or Ring of Honor, or all these other places, to guys literally we we have no clue about that are just guys that they recruited, athletes, are uh, you know, gymnasts, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think for those people, I feel bad for the most. Like I'm not, I, you know, I think a guy like Bivens, who I, I've I've said on the show many many times should and could have been like the next Paul Heyman, like the next great wrestling manager. And uh, Dakota Kai, I've always been a huge fan of and and, and thought I saw a lot of potential in her as a main roster act. But now I'm starting to, you're starting to realize that these folks that, you know, I'm not, I don't have like (laughs) the NXT uh, uh, Excel sheet in front of me. I don't know how much people are getting paid, but there's always the possibility of like folks like Malcolm Bivens, formerly known as Stokely Hathaway or Dakota Kai, from I forgot her 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 other work name or whatever, but like she knows that there's possibilities that you can go out and make more money doing other things, or you know, being at other promotions, or just having the freedom to do other things, and not be exclusively locked into your WWE contract. We know how big Twitch is. We know how big streaming is for a lot mm-hmm. of wrestling, you know, performers, and we all know Dakota Kai has a massive. Twitch, you know, streaming following, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not hard to imagine that she could be making more money playing video games than, you know, trying to get on the main roster. You know, you feel me? Like, it's not it's not that far-fetched to think. It's true. And, you know, these NXT contracts are d- different, you know, level than the, than the main roster ones, obviously, too. So that's got to be part of the calculus. I mean, it, but it certainly seems like we're not going to have a whole lot of the old, you know, hang around and be, a, be an enhancement talent or be like a gateway to the main event in the in NXT anymore. I think they're going to kind of be booking it on the fly moving forward, which, you know, we can talk about uh, the the big NXT show this week. Um yes. but I will spring say well, let's, before before we talk about spring breakout, let's uh, taking out Malcolm and Dakota Kai. And by the way, Evie was her previous name. Evie, but my she, fault, but that's, it's been a long time since she that might be <laughs> that might be like one of the only old names that doesn't get recycled. Maybe it will. Who knows? She didn't mention it in a tweet. But um, out of all of those, who surprises you the most? Um, definitely, not, not Dakota Kai, not Malcolm Bivens. Out of the rest. Is it Harlan? Dexter uh, it's, Loomis? A, it's a toss-up between uh, Dexter, Luna, Dexter Loomis and uh, and and Parker Bordeaux, Harlan. Um, and I guess Draco Anthony, too, because he was in a, he was in a you know, a... Uh, he was in a little uh, program on NXT for a while. They were kind of building him up as like this like real deal athlete and like, you know, good looking dude as well. Like, you know, had a good video package kind of hyping up his previous, you know, uh, life before wrestling. So I thought that was a little weird. Like when you get in the, the whole video package treatment, anybody who got a video package treatment, I'm surprised by it. Like no disrespect to Sanjana George or Raylan Devine or, or everybody else on here. Uh, but between Loomis, Draco, and uh, Parker slash Harland, those definitely surprised me the most. I think a guy like Dexter Loomis, um, I don't know. I, I think he'll be fine. I think Parker uh, will be fine. I think he's just got a great look, man. Like you look at Harland, and you, you know, and he's a 
you know, he, he came to Wale Mania and I got to kind of get, get the vibe from him and see what kind of dude he is. And, you know, he was fendied out with the Gucci shoes and all this other stuff. And I'm like, huh, you're definitely not who I thought you would be, like, from your, obviously, from your shoot character. But that's what I get for working myself into a shoot. But, like, you know, Par- Harlan has such a look to him that if he still wanted to do this wrestling thing, you know, he would have no problem being extremely successful. Now, yeah. I don't know what the what the learning curve was for him. I don't know if he wasn't catching well, things as quickly as, you know, maybe they wanted him to, but certain folks you just can't you can't teach that. You can't teach well, <laughs> listen, looks. That's an interesting folks. it's an interesting question because a guy like him you know, in ages past, it wouldn't matter what their learning curve was, right? You just let them go out there and just fucking powerbomb somebody and work too stiff and people complain and they still get over, right? I mean, that's, so, I don't know. It's, it is it is interesting. I mean, listen, my I had, I had red flags, not based on his performance, but I had red flags going up in my head the moment that he, po- the first episode of NXT 2.0, when suddenly this guy who was being labeled the next Brock Lesnar had like his head shaved and he was wearing like a nails outfit, you know, and he was like, and I was like, what, why are we taking, like, why are we putting this dude in such a gimmick and making yeah. him a background player and everything else? But, you know, who knows? To me, it's, I mean, I guess to me, it's either Persia Parada because I, it just seems like there must have been like I just uh, I just I just don't get it. Mm. And, but but honestly, I think that it's a, a, in a bigger way it's it's Loomis because I think that he was just like main roster ready. I don't think he was like a main eventer. But I think like, like how is he not already doing that shtick on the main roster? Like Dexter Loomis yeah. was NXT 2.0 before NXT 2.0 existed, and I and it's just wild that they have they they wouldn't find a spot for him. I don't know. Yeah. I mean it's. You know, it's he looks he 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 looks like he looks the part. He has a gimmick. He's got. I mean, Big it's, dude, he's like, he, and 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 he's older. You know, I mean, maybe maybe that was part of it too. Maybe they're going to really be serious about this age thing. Although it's kind of crazy in wrestling because it really does seem to be so many more and more guys are hitting their stride in their late thirties. You know, and it's like if you can cash in on four or five years of somebody's prime, then what else do you what else can you really ask for? Because you could. You get somebody in when, at the, when they're 24, they might be ready to like, you know, move on to Hollywood by 28. You know, it's not yeah. like you have any like guaranteed deal. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Dexter Loomis it's just a, seems It's like- a catch 22 with the young talent, man. Like you, you look at somebody like Sasha Banks, so you would be surprised at how young she is and how yeah. much she's already done that, you know, if George Lucas comes a calling and she's out of there. You know what I mean? Like a good generation uh-huh. of people might not even remember her as Sasha Banks anymore. <laughs> you feel me? And like same thing with like the Bianca Belairs of the world, like the people who are yeah. young that got in that, you know, killed it. And, you know, you get to a point where there's not much for them to accomplish. That's a double edged sword. You get them yeah. young and they're great. Frankly, the best thing. I mean, yeah, it, it, Bianca, I think you could make a strong, you know, you could, you could, you could, you would no one be surprised if she wasn't right. wrestling in five years because she would have right. found, found something better to do. The best thing. I mean, the, honestly, WWE could make her the champion, could make her into the next Hulk Hogan. But the you know, the probably the best bet they have keeping her there for the long term is that her husband works there too. You know, and, 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 yeah. and just make, it makes everything not that like he's the anchor, but like it makes everything really easy when you're a couple. Where you're like, we both got jobs. This is great. Yeah, it's 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 strange though because it's like, what? How do you how do you navigate that? Like, there's only a, there's such a ceiling. For certain talents, especially, you know, uh, even though there's been amazing strides in the past several years for women wrestlers, you know, like they're still not getting paid as the top male guys. And 
who you you look at Sasha Banks and again I'm not and and, I'll, and I'm only using the Sasha Banks example just because it's the most prominent example but it's like she's a, an example of somebody who has accomplished everything that you can do she's been through the NXT ringer she has done WrestleManias a million times over she is now at the point where she can do whatever and still be over as fuck right but again when George Lucas comes a calling and other people start to call as as the as all those things start to pop up like. What more can you give somebody like that, you know, that they can't accomplish outside? And and how does it and does it behoove WWE to hold talents back from that? Because at the end of the day, if you got Sasha Banks out there still waving the WWE flag in the same way that Batista does and John Cena does and mm-hmm. The Rock does and all these other people do, it's like you're going to lose these people eventually because they're so talented. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a trade-off also, right? Like you, you get them, they're young, you lose them. They become mainstream. Yeah. Well, I mean, would you rather have, well, Cena's a weird one because he's been, he was there for so long, but would you, but, but in 2022, would you rather have John Cena? Who's probably going to come back for his anniversary deal. He's going to probably come back for WrestleMania. Let's just say that he works two big shows this in the next right. in the next they're, calendar they're, they're, year. They're sprinkling the Austin Theory John Cena thing for the past couple of weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So if you're running WWE and you have a choice for the next calendar year, you can either have John Cena doing what we John Cena is going to do. Yeah. Two match two matches and a handful of appearances, or you can have Randy Orton working full time. Who do you take? If I'm if I'm a wrestler or if I'm somebody who's in charge. No, no, if you, if you're running WWE and you get to pick either a little bit of Cena or a full-time Randy Orton, who do see, you pick? See? Uh, if if I'm a WWE booker, I still want John Cena. I still want Cena because what WWE does better than anybody and no disrespect to how great Randy Orton is and how great he still is. Yeah, you were just singing his praises last week, you know? <laughs> He's still he's he's phenomenal. Phenomenal. One of the greatest of all time. WWE are in the business of making moments. And when John Cena returns, when John Cena comes out, when he, after he's done Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and, and, and Fast and the Furious and all this stuff, it's a moment. And those are moments that are going to get replayed over and over and over during commercials, when I'm promoting the brand. Anytime it's time to wave the WWE flag, I'm putting John Cena on my marquee. As much as John Cena and Randy Orton in the ring are as close as close can be, uh, at the end of the day, if I'm a WWE official, I'm trying to make the biggest moments I could possibly make. And I love Randy Orton. Randy Orton's my Cal Ripken Jr., man. Like, he's in the bullpen every day. Doesn't miss a fucking day of work. He's Mr. Consistent. Just a great hitter. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. shortstop well, yeah. does it all. But, you know... Sometimes I got to call Barry Bonds and be like, yo, <laughs> come knock one out the park for us, Barry. You know, and John Cena's Barry Bonds in this situation. I, I think I, I agree with everything that you said. I'd probably pick Randy Orton just because I think you can actually, I mean, if, you know, Randy Orton, the vague concept, Randy Orton, the specific guy, you could, you can make a lot of money with that dude. Anyway, but it's, yeah, a, it's sure. but it's a hard call. Okay. But so let's talk. But, but, but in, the, in the same, in the same flip, I think. Now, in a weird way, even as as over as Randy Orton has been for the past 20 years, I think right now is when he's truly getting his flowers. Like, he's truly yeah. getting that. Holy shit, this dude is still here every Monday. Like, he's been here since the Ruthless Aggression era and hasn't left. Mm-hmm. And he's probably not going to leave. Like, I don't see, 
You know, he's already he said it. Like he's not he's not he's not fit think, for Hollywood. He's not an actor guy. Like he wants to be known as the next Undertaker. He wants to be known as that guy who just never left and was like the the, the standard bearer, the constant here. So I think there's there's definitely but I value think you in start, that. I also. think when you start acknowledging that, you can have a lot of fun. I mean, I think yes. I mean just think if it, there's there's a million reasons it would go it could go wrong. Right. But man, if you could just booking the Randy Orton one more time like i'm just doing like i'm like you know i'm having a lot of fun but it's time for me to go back for the big belt just booking mm. that you could book that that could be a year-long storyline you, know, you could just do that this episode is brought to you by jiffy lube cars can be a big investment so it's important to take care of them i once got a car that i started out with twenty-five thousand miles on i got it to over two hundred thousand miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, we're, we're, we're fantasy booking now. Let's talk about uh, Spring Breakout. That's what it's called, right? Spring Breakout? Am I messing that? <laughs> I think it was. It was a Spring Break themed paper, uh, live events. <laughs> there, a lot of really cool stuff. Um, the, the North American three-way was just absolutely sick. Um, yep. uh, Nathan Frazier, uh, first big match in WWE, looked really, really good. You see what everybody sees in this guy. Grayson Waller, mm. for his part, looked great too. And he did that... That 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 gif of him has been floating around like crazy on Twitter. That doing fucking the, the, flipping the flip. unprettier. Yeah, that he did. I didn't even know you could do that shit. I was I was wow. I saw like wow. Hurricane Helms is retweeting it. Like it's just like people are like how it's not that often that we get to see a move where you're just like I never thought about that being a move. I never you know? even thought it's about just, that. Uh, and then it works. <laughs> I know. I know, like, I know. Christian kicked over a, a, a table somewhere when he saw that. Well, it like, looks. It, I mean, I love Christian. Whatever Grayson Waller did looked way more like a move than the Unprettiers yeah. ever looked like a move. It was. <laughs> Um, no, no shade to the unprettier, no shade to the unprettier, but it always looked like a very difficult move to pull off. And Grayson Waller pulled that shit off and made it look effortless. I just did. Effortless. Um, I've just spent a whole lot of time uh, writing and recording about um, the Pillman nine millimeter. Pillman's got a gun segment, um, which that podcast will be out next week. Sorry if I said it was this week, but um, 
it made watching the Tony D'Angelo and Fante Legato thing uh, uh, made me think of it because I just kind of like the idea. I mean, obviously the Pillman thing wasn't during a pay-per-view. They were trying to, you know, spike these raw ratings, but they did go back to it a few times throughout the show. And it made me think, I mean, it's a kind of a cool idea of just sort of like anchoring a pay-per-view or one of these big, you know, special event episodes of the show with like one cinematic gimmick, you know, one thing that you can keep kind of like cycling back to and, and, and you can further a plot line without it just being a placeholder match for the next match that's really going to matter, you know? I mean, it, it, it seemed pretty cool. Um, the uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, and I don't know if, if we have any information on this, but is there anybody that was at Lucha Underground that is now at NXT? Because you could kind of see... I'll, I'll always have such a love and affinity for Lucha Underground, you know what I mean? Like, when, when it was really popping... Um, I forgot what channel it was on, but uh, man, one of my favorite eras of professional wrestling was Lucha Underground era. Not just because of the matches, but because of those cinematic cutaways that we saw a lot of during uh, NXT Spring Breaking, and it just got me thinking. I'm like, yo, some somebody that was either a big fan of Lucha Underground or worked at Lucha Underground is is helping to call those shots over there because. Uh, I, and it and it gives an element that you can't get from the main roster, right? Like they all live down there. You can go on location and shoot things and yell cut and do all this other stuff. And it just adds such a doper element to a show. It gives you something different that, you know, Raw SmackDown doesn't really give you. Uh, Krista Joseph was the main guy over there during most of Lucha Underground, I think. And mm-hmm. he's not, as far as I know, at WWE. This feels like a sort I think Jeremy Borash has a big hand over there doing a okay. lot of that stuff. So, uh, I mean, and I know that Jeremy Borash was like super involved in the, in the, um, Matt Hardy videos back in the impact, you know, back in his impact Le- era, his final the, deletion, the deletion stuff. era. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, that's, that would be my guess, but who, but, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so and then so let's go back to the card. The women's tag was great. I mean, I, listen, I'm way, I'm all the way in, and we're going to talk about this and uh, when we get to backlash, I'm all the way in on these tag matches taking the place of like, I, you know, I don't need to see, you know, Natalia versus Corey Jade if they're going to wrestle again in a month, you know, and have that be the big match. Give me the tag match. That's totally fine. Um, uh, what else? Oh, the Creed Brothers, the Viking Raiders was super cool, super hard hitting. Really enjoyed that. Great look for my favorite tag team, the Creed Brothers. <laughs> um, and but the big that, thing, that NXT I, ladder match also was the ladder match. No, the the three no, just a dance. triple threat. Oh yeah, absolutely sick. Cameron Grimes, uh, Solo Sokoa. Yeah, Carmella Hayes, another banger, incredible match. Solo Sokoa, by the way, we talked about this last week. Is what is definitely fits in the category of dude who feels a lot bigger than he looks on tv in real life (laughs) you know he kind of reminds me of i'm not saying he reminds me of samoa joe but i feel like he's playing samoa Mm -hmm. joe's role when he was in the main roster of kind of like the outcast samoan (laughs) you know what i mean yeah and it's like oh we can actually use him because he's actually related to these guys and he can uh, actual outcast but again killed it also the reason why, the but the, the big thing I want to talk about was the main event, which is, it was kind of clunky at times, mm-hmm. but it does show that WWE is now is fully committed to having matches that have like two guys who are coming up in the main event of a big show. We're not mm-hmm. going to be doing Dolph Ziggler holding people's hands through a big match every single, you know, every time that we have a big show. I mean, we might have bigger shows than this, but like this was Joe Gacy, who is a top flight wrestler, really good. Yes. Um, also, one of the dudes who's like 
like physically, like he feel he's, I'm taller than him, I guess, but like he felt like a legit man every time we saw him at <laughs> WrestleMania weekend, yeah. didn't he? I mean, he's yeah. like, a, he always had Harlan standing behind him, which I guess helped, but he is like, I mean, he's got he's, a presence. He's rock he's solid. He's just him, yeah. like, yeah, he's a, he is, yeah. And he is a very, very good wrestler. It's a very, very good gimmick. And then the weirdest thing was he lost the match. And there was there was rumors there was going to be an overrun. There was not an overrun, but then they immediately released the footage from what happened afterwards. On like the the, the show goes off the air with these two dudes in in masks and hoods appearing, and then they kept going. They just didn't have it on the broadcast. It was so strange. But these two guys like beat up Braun Breaker, and they put him on a barbed wire covered stretcher and took him out of the arena. A lot it's of like people, that would have been nice to watch on TV. It would. A lot, I mean, it's, especially if you just watch the show and you're like, tune in on next episode and you're like, wait, why is Joe Gacy still important? Like, so, but I guess I'll lead off with that. Who cares? But yeah, like, that's why you got to hit your times on live TV, y'all. That, it, it, well, that's yeah, that's what guess, you learn at the Performance Center. If you don't hit your times, you don't get to, you know, let the gimmick get over, bro. So that's that's probably what it's I, true. I know it's not the most entertaining answer into why that's not on TV, but I'm pretty sure like, they had those pre-tapes that they taped that had to be whatever yeah, time it was. Yeah, it's true. And then somebody went over to time. That's, well, you know, that's literally what I think it was. For whatever it's worth, a lot of people on Twitter were theorizing that it was the grizzled young veterans under the hood. So Joe, Joe Gacy might have lost Harlan, but it looks like he's got some new dudes to hang out with. Um, we got to talk about Backlash, but first, let's just talk on, touch on AEW super quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, God, we had a lot of stuff last night. Um, Ray Ooh. Phoenix and Dante Martin had just the sickest of sick matches you could ever possibly it, talk about what happened off the air. Apparently, at, when they went to commercial, Ray Phoenix ceremonially gave his mask to Dante Martin. Oh, wow. It's um, just a sign of great respect and covered wow. his face. He wasn't like, it wasn't the retirement. I'm giving you my mask. It was the, it was like the t-shirt swap. I mean, the, the Jersey God. swap version of I'm giving you my mask. Um, quick sidebar, so, Dave. Yeah. What in the in the hierarchy of like wrestling respectful gestures, mm-hmm. where does a luchador giving you his mask rank in between what other gestures? Is it what like, are the other gestures that you could possibly you can you can uh you, when you win the match and you let the other wrestler get the ring? Like if you oh, win the match yeah. and leave first. Oh, like raising the opponent's hand. <laughs> raising like the that, opponent's like, hand. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. that's another one. I love I love a good win the match and then like here, you you take you take the ring. I'll leave yeah. first. That's always a nice classy gesture for me. The mask is hard to overcome. I mean, it's the mask not, it's, is rare. Not yeah. in it's, this. It wasn't in a match, but Arn Anderson giving out his spot, you know, in the Four Horsemen. You know, not not any spot, <laughs> my spot. Uh, that was a big deal. Kevin Nash uh, got to go to hell for that, though, because I'll never not think about that and laugh hysterically. <laughs> yeah, but the mask was the, the giving the mask is a huge deal. It's a good it reason good. to have a mask, just so you can give it to somebody. You know, it's like, uh, God, it's, wait, it's good okay. Re- Somebody, somebody too sweet to you. Uh, a new, a too yeah. sweet. Speaking of too sweeting, we got some the old, AJ the old fashioned, ha- the old fashioned handshake of respect. Um, there you go. But it's got to be a Hulk handshake. It's got to be one of these. It's got to be. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Macho Hulk like sh- handshaking <laughs> in the air. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's God. That's great. Um, but so that match was. I mean, there are a lot of good matches. Hardy over Fish. Um, Jericho over Santana. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad that Santana's getting a little bit of a look. I wish they would give him more time. Um, right. uh, let's see. The combat big club is back we got out there. Big, uh, Will Morrissey. That's what we're getting to. Yeah. Yeah. Morrissey got killed by Wardlow. All the, the boo birds are already out there saying, why would you waste Morrissey like that? Well, he doesn't, he's not under contract. Um, neither was Diana Perrazzo, who lost uh, in the main event 
to Mercedes Martinez for the Ring of Honor Championship. Uh, I think it's probably face value situation with both those. These are big names that they could bring in to sort of elevate their own folks. Um, and I'm sure they'll get a little, they'll, they'll get something in the trade-off at some point in the future. But, um, you know, the, the main uh, event was... If there's one thing I've learned from AEW is you ain't going over no originals, bro. No. No. You ain't going over no AEW originals. Like you could be popping as hell. Wardlow but... is over. Speaking of over, Wardlow is over as hell. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like talk about an original and a homegrown and whatever else. Like he is, he gets a reaction. Like it is nuts, man. Like I, it's, I can't even wrap my head around it. He's there's, so he's probably so got a top over. five cool entrance right now by mm-hmm. accident. Like no music, walking in handcuffs, surrounded by cops. Like. Kayfabe aside, MJF, if you're trying to get this guy like oh, to look yeah. weak, <laughs> like this is not the way to do it. No, like, it is so. He just looks cool. way more badass. Like this. so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, the main event it could have been better. I think I wish they would have hyped it up a little bit more. I wish they would have got us more excited for that. If they're gonna make the Ring of Honor Women's Championship a main event, they should treat it like that and build up to it and give us a reason to care about it. I mean, outside of just the diehard fan, I know who these two wrestlers are because I'm supposed to care about it, you know? Um, and the match was fine, like, whatever. Uh, uh, I think the big news coming out of the night is it's, you know, we've been a lot of speculation that CM Punk might be turning heel in his feud with Adam Page. Well, now it looks like Hangman might be the one turning heel after that promo. Um, if what they end up doing is, like, a teased... They're, if they're going to tease both of them turning heel and the drama's going to be, like, which one goes through with it, that's a kind of cool gimmick. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited about that. Um, so, yeah, but Adam Page... Adam Page is immediately a million times more interesting when he's out there just, like, talking shit. So, you know, even, even, even on its own, that was a win. He must have heard our podcast because, uh, I guess, I think he started to hear the murmurs of being a boring champ. And man, calling CM Punk's matches masturbatory Bret Hart tributes, huge pop. <laughs> huge. Calling that, and that was just such a, huh. Like, that was a moment where everybody, you could hear the crowd. Like, you could hear like the air come out of the crowd when he, like, oh my gosh, he didn't just come at CM Punk, but called him like a, you know. Called him something a little bit derogatory, right? So uh, I don't know if Adam Page is turning heel. Uh, I do think it, it would... Maybe it's a preemptive strike because it's going to be really hard to boo Punk going after his first title match in however long. It's what nearly a decade, I want to say. And um, gosh, man, like I, it just... It smells like preemptive strike. It smells like, let me get them to boo me first before... We put our young babyface champion that we've spent literally the entire lifetime of this company building up to get Cody Rhodes, get John Cena. Like, don't, we don't want our guy getting booed unceremoniously. It's like, no, nah, like we want him to get booed on purpose. So if that was the conscious decision to be like, hey, you know, we're just going to take it up a little bit and just turn the edge up. So it makes it a little easier for this punk situation to happen, it just kind of, one, uh, gives me the idea that punk's eventually going to win the world title, even if it doesn't happen right away. And two, kind of validates the fact that up until this point, that that Adam Cole, Adam Cole, that Adam Page uh, title run without Kenny Omega has been a little boring. Kind of makes everybody like who thought that feel a little bit solidified. So, 
kudos to them for you know yeah. realizing that and and being like you know what we got to take it a different direction because it's hey though it's weird like I, I love I love two baby faces fighting for the title that's cool sometimes but bruh like it's CM Punk man like he's reached god level status to wrestling fans mm-hmm. it's gonna be hard to get motherfuckers to boo CM Punk bro like. It's going to be hard to do the let's go page, let's go, like all that shit. Like all that is definitely taken into account when I think those were happening. So, um, man, uh, I was I was entertained. Good on you, Adam Page. Good on you for for taking it up a notch. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, let's talk a little bit about WrestleMania backlash. WrestleMania backlash. The backlash of for WrestleMania. Um. <laughs> The, the biggest thing that stands out to me as we're trying to do our picks for the show is all the matches that aren't on the card. And I don't mean this is a knock. I think this is going to end up being a roundabout congratulations or, you know, compliment to WWE. Um, if you take a look at what's not there, uh, there's no, at least now, at least as, of, you know, SmackDown's tomorrow and there's still time to announce more matches. Certainly a couple of th- these things could pop up even unannounced. But there's no Rhea Ripley Liv Morgan match. There's no Kevin Owens Ezekiel match. There's no women's tag team match. There's no Bianca Belair match. There's no nothing with the New Day and with the Sheamus and the Hooligans. There's there's no there's no <laughs> Becky Asuka match. Um, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's not happening, and that's leave that's, that's that's not even talking about the fact that Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns is not a match. It's a part of a six-man tag. Now, I'm going to keep... I'm going to stick with my point that I made last time. Right. I'm all about this six-man tag. This is a great... If if we, if if the plan is that we're going to... We don't want to give away Roman Reigns and Drew. We don't want to give away the tag team unification match yet. Fine by me. You know, like, that's... Like, whatever. Let's... And this six-man tag, we just got to figure out a way to make this good enough to make up for it. But that's that's easier. I don't care about this. There are... What they are giving us... Is the I quit match between Flair and Rousey. They're giving us Rollins Rhodes again. You know, they're giving us AJ Edge. And now we have the added sort of end point of interest here that not Edge isn't the only one with a friend. Now the Wolfpack or now the 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 Bullet Club in some <laughs> semblance is back together with uh, Finn Balor helping out AJ Styles. Yeah. Which I guess sort of legitimized that's that ridiculous uh, Finn Balor loss from last week. Um, they're giving us the happy Corbin Madcap Moss blow off that we have all been clamoring for for almost a year. Just mm-hmm. kidding. They're giving the Slashley versus Omos. But it's interesting the stuff that they're not doing. I think, I mean, my guess is, I'm, 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 this, I think that some people have talked to this online, but basically they're, they have so many big shows coming up and so yeah. many arena shows coming up that now I think we're kind of going back to the old sort of, the old in-your-house style booking where like half the pay-per-views don't matter, which or don't, yeah. or are, well, not don't matter, but aren't on the same level as the other ones. And yeah, there's I, frankly, levels. And frankly, I'm I'm excited. Like that makes me so happy because it because the hardest thing about watching WWE over the past couple of years and pay per views specifically is that like none of them are more important than the other ones. It's just like you don't your expectations are so throttled because you like you go in you're like, well, I'm getting you know Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the title, but like I don't know if they have them secretly like penciled in to headline the next five pay per views. So how excited am I supposed to be for this? I have no fucking idea. 
you know? Yeah. And at least, at least this way, you know, when you're going into one of the big stadium shows, it's like, shit, they know that they're on the clock. You know, they know that they're, that they got to live up to the hype that they just created for themselves at WrestleMania. But so we got backlashes, obviously, you know, in, in Providence, but then we have uh, Hell in a Cell after that, again, at the Allstate Arena, big show, but not, I mean, that's a basketball arena, but then we have Money in the Bank at the mm -hmm. football stadium mm -hmm. at, at Allegiant. We have SummerSlam, which is, they might put something else in between there. Who knows? But, oh, no, no, they won't. That's both, they're both July. Money well, in the in Bank. Nashville. Yeah, Money in the Bank at Allegiant Stadium. SummerSlam at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. And then September 3rd is at Principality Stadium in Cardiff, which has to, which is probably bigger than even the other two because they have to be, you know, because this is, a, you know, a different country. That's crazy. Um, that's and, crazy that they're doing three stadiums back to back. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty nuts. Um, I I don't even know what to say, but except that. Okay, so here's here's some things that we can theorize. It, it makes I, I think what it theorizes to me is that uh, you know WrestleMania backlash just kind of seems like a, a an event of little consequence. Seems like it's an event that um, is. In my point of view, crafted to showcase Cody Rhodes, right? Like I feel like this is I feel like this is a pay-per-view, a premium live event where you could smack Cody Rhodes on the front of the marquee, sell some tickets. People still want to see him. People want to, you know, check him out now in the WWE. He's there's not really a match on the card that I'm looking forward to more than that one. At one point, it was the tag team unification title match. Now that that's not happening, the only match I really want to see is Seth versus Cody. And I think the WWE and specifically Monday Night Raw's biggest, um, their biggest uh, goal going into the summer and coming into SummerSlam should be super duper establishing that Cody Rhodes could be that guy. Yeah. Right. Like, well, and, and I, I think it's a good. And way I think it. I think it's part of the same formula is you got to keep Seth Rollins on the same level too, which makes it a little yes. bit harder. But I think putting them together is great because even though Seth has been at the tippy top of the company and Cody Rhodes obviously comes in as a made man, I think that the goal has to be that not just that both of these guys are super duper stars, but that this feud it has it is a you know is a stone cold rock level feud or at least like a rock rock triple h dragging each other to the top kind of feud you know like whatever it's a it, it's got to be it's got to be the absolute like you know we got to we got to we got to present this as just like an incredibly big deal even when it's not the main event at, at, at wrestlemania you know i mean it's it's a it's a big deal they also got to figure i mean and, and listen they need to figure out how to the sort of like booking vocabulary, they got to remember the old booking vocabulary to make a match that's not for one of the two main titles look like the big, look like the most important match on the card because they've had these two big titles to have as crutches for so long. And now they're not, now neither are being defended. Or I don't know if there's two or one right now, but, the, but that's, you know, the universe, the unified title is not being defended. So, you know, they, they have to make do elsewhere. Um, so anyway, and listen, the, I think that, I think that, you know, some of the things that are missing from this card, you know, whether if they don't go through with it, you know, Oscar Becky, um, uh, the Bel Air, uh, Bel Air feature. I mean, all those things can are, you know, those those could just be things we're saving for the big shows, too. I will say this. This is not some like novel statement, but when I was watching Raw on Monday, you know what? So, you know what got to me? 
I mean, in a good way, you know, like I had to just take a moment and, and reflect. The main event of Raw was a six-man, six-woman tag team match, which had three different feuds involved. And that's not to say anything of the background feuds of Bel Air and Ripley, with the history they have, Bel Air and Lynch, the history, you know, what they've just been through. There were three ongoing feuds involved in a women's match with mm. six people in it. And as an aside, we had a women's gimmick with this new potential uh, Nikki Ash, uh, uh, Piper Niven tag team, um, or Dewdrop, sorry, tag team that they were like in the segment immediately before they were teasing another woman's angle. Right. That is a big statement for the for the place of women's wrestling in WWE right now. Now, that being said, uh, none of them have matches on the pay-per-view. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, but that's a really big look. Three different gimmicks, three different. I mean, it's it's nothing when it happens in a men's match, like we saw last week with the big, you know, all the time. But like yeah. that's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. Anyway. That is. That um is. So anyway, let's make some picks. We got to do this thing for real. All right, Lashley versus Omos uh, with MVP, a singles match, and the winner um, gets to be my favorite wrestler. All right, who's the winner? Who do you think is going to happen? I got the big fella. I got big Omos. I think Lashley got his win at WrestleMania. I think Omos needs the momentum. We got to establish Omos and MVP as a formidable duo. I think Omos gets the win over here. And I think Lashley loses nothing by losing. I'm so in, I'm interested in this one because I, I agree with you. Mm. But, but I <laughs> but I but I but like I th- I think well there's a little window into WWE's, you know, WWE's decision making process now because these things are really in flux right now. I mean it it doesn't seem like much, but some it does there, I've been surprised by a lot of the decisions they've made in the past couple months. It does seem though like there is an old WWE or like a you know that there's a, a version of WWE logic that's just like no matter what makes sense, the most important thing is to keep Bobby hot. That like, <laughs> yes. but that Bobby's got this new entrance. He looks like a million bucks. You know, it got, when he comes out, like it's like this is a main event level guy, and it's and the most important thing is keeping our you know six or eight main 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 event dudes as like warm as possible. Mm-hmm. So. I it wouldn't shock me if even if they had booked Omos to win, it wouldn't shock me if the day of if they were like, God damn it, we got to do Lashley versus Roman in the next pay per view. They like they and they would just keep Roman and they would just you know keep Lashley hot. Wouldn't surprise I could me. See that I could because, see that because Lashley going over the giant could just be the whole the whole point could have been. And and by the way, there was a lot of rumors that came out this week that MVP was not the first choice for Omos's manager. So like that's a little bit, to me, that gives you some signal that it's a little bit less of a, this is less of a MVP. This is less of a hurt business feud, spinoff feud than it is just like a, you know, Bobby Lashley singles competitor gimmick or angle or Omos. Like, I think that MVP is as important as he is to us in this angle, maybe isn't, the, you know, the, the, that's not the most He's central not the thing main character to man, in the story to, to WWE, right? Yeah. So, and and like the history that he and Lashley have isn't we maybe we shouldn't take into account as much. That's the that's the whole point of that. So I could see them saying we got to establish Omos as the big star, but I could also see them saying we got to keep Lashley as a super duper big star. Anyway, I think I'll probably pick Omos in the end, but I think that I'm but but I'm more on the fence on this than I should be. Mm. I think that I think the swapping wins thing is the most compelling argument, but again. We've seen WWE do this where they don't swap wins. They just 
redo the same thing. So anyway, dogged, <laughs> which is um, possible. It's totally possible. I, and I agree with you on that too. I, I could see, you know, there's like four or five guys on raw that got to stay hot just in case we need them for a Roman match. Mm-hmm. I think edge is one of them. Bobby, AJ, Seth and Cody. Right. Mm-hmm. So got to keep those guys hot. So I, I agree. I, I, I can see, I can see your logic and drew is drew on raw. Yeah. Drew. No, no. Drew's on SmackDown, Smackdown. But, Smackdown, but yeah, but it's, but, um, but yeah. Okay. So we'll it's like we'll, KO in there too. Oh, KO for sure. We're both going to go with a, a tentative Omos on that one, I guess. Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. Um, I don't know. I mean, we we're doing the, the ringer wrestling show picks right now. There's a lot of people picking happy Corbin. I just feel like this is, what was the point of all this if not to get Madcap Moss and his suspenders over? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, I just think that's a, uh, I, that might even be my lock. I mean, I know they could drag this one out for eight more pay-per-views too, but I think Madcap gets the win. I am going to go with Corbin just because uh, for no other reason that I feel like Corbin just kind of seems to win these sort of matches. It's true. Right? Like all these matches that always seem like, okay, here's the blow off where Corbin finally gets his. Sometimes it happens. Most of the time it doesn't. So for no other reason than that, I got happy Corbin uh, teaching Madcap Moss a lesson. Let's again. not forget that Madcap Moss is one of the, he's one of these dudes who gets more compliments like just incidental compliments from like wrestlers and other people that work for WWE and like every interview people point at him as the next dude and like I mean he's I don't like, know I don't know if you is, saw him at WrestleMania I don't know if you saw him over the weekend you know over in your time in Dallas but um that dude is so impressive in real life that I didn't know who he was for like five minutes when I was looking at him I was just like who is this monster like he's what a like, monstrous dude yo monstrous dude I think he's I think the suspenders kind of like throw you off yeah because <laughs> right? when you see him can, in real life he's like he's as big as Roman he's probably bigger than Roman he's a he, big yeah he dude, is it, you know? he, but he, he pulls off the suspenders that should, we should that should be a compliment to him that he can do that <laughs> um <clears throat> AJ versus Edge uh, Damian Priest is banned from ringside, although it's a weird stipulation to have when now you both have friends, right? So um, I'm guessing when Priest has to get involved, Finn Balor has to get involved. Uh, my guess is this will probably end up schmozzy. Uh, I don't know. If I have to make a pick between these two, I'll go Edge because they got to keep that dude looking strong and, you know, whatever. But maybe, maybe, it's, maybe they do... Maybe they debut a new member of the brood, you know, for this event or something like that. My, <laughs> my judgment day. Judgment my day my official really pick is no decision, but I'm. Okay. But if I have, but if I have to pick, I'll pick. I'll pick Edge. Big Dave, I'm going with Edge only because I'm holding out hope that Finn, the reason why they banned uh, Damon Priest from ringside is so Finn Balor could come. And assist Edge. Oh, and join. Oh, that's so much better than mine. All group. right, that's great. <laughs> you know, that's that's where I'm, that's where I'm leaning towards. So I'm going Edge. That does make a Finn lot more sense than embracing the 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 two sweet than embracing the Bullet Club in this day and yeah, age. Yeah, the, the the two sweet seemed like a, a Trojan horse to be like. Oh, oh okay, my you believe gosh, me. See? the Trojan too sweet. So oh, Kerm's in the chat. Kerm wants to change his pick. No, nope. <laughs> no, you can change your pick. We're all going to change our pick to this now. What yeah, a great bro. idea! Edge is going to win. Um, that makes <laughs> a God lot damn. of damn. Give me Edge. Give me Edge. Damian Priest and Finn Balor in a, in a stable. Oh, oh, oh my the, God! Print the shirts immediately. I want one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes so. You're right. But my whole thing was it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now it makes sense. You just made now it make sense. sense. That's why we do the show. 
That's uh, why we do this together, buddy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that's gonna be it's gonna be absolutely cool. By the way, one of the other people who had been theorized for this group was Ciampa. We didn't even of all the matches I said weren't happening, we didn't even mention whatever's going on with the U.S. title with Ciampa and and Mustafa Ali and Theory and Miz. Like there are a lot of people we're assuming now we're going to go to a four person match for the, the U.S. Championship. Uh, it's all I don't know. Just it, that that hasn't been addressed at all either. So there's another match we're not having. Yeah. Um, Weird. Okay, we got um okay, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Well, we'll save that one. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. Um for a lot of reasons. I don't I hate that I'm so vague about this. It's not that I know anything. <laughs> it's just that like I can't even make a I can't even like say what I'm theorizing without making it sound like I know something. Um okay. I think I think Rousey wins. I think Rousey wins and we're going to say farewell to Charlotte for a minute. I agree. Uh and if we're not uh, it, it's almost like begrudgingly you know, when it's an I quit match, it's usually got to be some real ish to happen for them to like yell out I quit. So I could see uh, Charlotte taking some time away from there or not, whatever. But man, that's just talk about a, a, a um, talk about a storyline that just has felt dead on arrival for a while. <laughs> you know, like it just felt bleh. so. I, yeah. For no other reason that like we got to do something else. I think I'm giving my I'm giving Ronda the win here. Yeah, I mean, and even if Charlotte sticks around, even if even if they both just going to move on to something else, I mean, you can't really do Ronda's shocking return from so much time off and then just have it fizzle and have her try to move on to something else, right? I mean, right. the only way this works in like wrestling logic would be if like Ronda's Ronda was like, and you know, if the, if the, if the lights went out and. Uh, Alexa Bliss showed up and, and 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 made Ronda lose and then started the next feud, right? I mean, that would okay. be the only um Kerm asks how often do baby faces even lose I quit matches. Well, not often, but you can lose, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin turned baby face by losing an I quit match. So um you know, it's a it can happen. Um I guess it's not I quit specifically, but I mean he he mm -hmm. passed out. Um mm -hmm. but anyway, yeah, I mean I, I think that I think that Rousey's gonna win. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, let's do and the how six often do yeah baby faces don't lose I quit matches there you go and I guess Ronda's the baby face here so yeah yeah and she's uh, like sort of submission specialist it'll happen yeah um okay Rollins versus Rhodes this is the to you the number one match on the card who's gonna win I'm going with Cody Rhodes I think uh they put on another banger I think uh Seth you know Seth is Teflon man he could lose a million fucking times and it will not matter uh Cody however. For as much as we're familiar with them, is still getting reintroduced into the WWE audience. So, in, in addition to the million podcast uh, and and magazine interviews he's done for WWE in the past month, it would be in their best interest to keep that guy winning matches. I got Cody Rhodes going over. Mm, yeah, Ooh, I think so sound, too. No, no, no. I, I think so too. I'm trying. I'm trying to do 4D chess here. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Cody. But let's let's triangulate or whatever with the next match. So we got the six man tag. Um, we're so we're not doing Drew Roman. We're not doing the tag title unification match. Although we can, I guess, sort of pencil those in mm -hmm, for. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if that would be Hell in a Cell. I mean, because Hell in a Cell would be a nice blow-off spot for something like that. I don't know that you can really like put a pin in it any longer. But then you got these three stadium shows coming up. Now, there has been some talk that I, well, I've been theorizing for a long, I think we talked about this last week. 
I think that it'd probably be, I think that they're definitely going to be booking towards the big shows, but they're more specifically probably going to be booking towards this Cardiff show is in terms of something that needs a different look. I would not be at all shocked to see Drew walk into Cardiff as the champion. Hmm. Even though that goes against all the let Roman win forever logic that people think that WWE is operating under, it would not shock me if he was the champ. Now, I don't know if that means he wins at Hell in a Cell. And now I and, know I know your 4D chess eventually leads to Tyson Fury drew for the WWE title, right? Well, is that, is well, that one, that, no, towards? that's what we were talking about last week. Because if you do that, then one of them has to lose, right? But you could Tyson do, Fury, but you could do Drew versus Roman in the return or whatever, and or you can do Tyson Fury versus I don't know freaking Corbin or whatever. You know, I mean, like Matt, you know, and 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 you yeah, know, like kind of, Tyson Fury could have also just been like naming Drew McIntyre because like he just that's the only wrestler he like kind of yeah, cool like with like, and like, knows. like like Charles Barkley mentioning Roman Reigns or whatever. Yeah, it's just like a point <laughs> of reference. Yeah, no, it could have yeah. been, but so uh, I can't, I can't, I can't game the whole thing out. But mm. I but I do think that there's a world in which McIntyre takes the title and they sign and they and they and they sort of pull Roman away from the title picture for a little bit. I mm. don't know. This is not based on inside intel. Okay. Okay. But if Drew's gonna take it, the two options are obviously Drew takes the title at some point in the next two, three months, and then goes to Cardiff as champion and loses to Roman and Cardiff. Um, or he, or I guess option B would be he doesn't win. They just drag this feud out and he wins the title in Cardiff. And that's a big thing. Or, yeah. or he wins the title and they just sort of take Roman, they Roman sidebars into something else for some more family drama or something else. Or maybe Roman loses and you do Roman Cody Rhodes for say for a few months or something You're like maybe that, you know, maybe that's the, the reason to get Cody super duper hot. So you can really yeah. have him have a feud. That's not, that's not that for the title, but it seems as big as the title. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see that. I, 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 uh, I, I don't agree. I mean, I'd like to see it, but I don't agree with thinking Drew walks in the card of his champion. I think the money is, Drew winning the title in Cardiff. Yeah. Um, but isn't this early to be starting this feud or to be like, you know, whatever? I know they're not doing anything on Sunday. Yeah. But we, like, we, like we said, we have one regular pay-per-view and two stadium shows before Cardiff. Yeah. So, what, I mean, and, we're not going to have, and, they're not going to fight ever at all at all three stadium shows in a row. And believe you me, of the three shows, of all the stadium shows, the Cardiff show is the most important. Yeah. That is the that is like that is their that is their WrestleMania test drive, like I promise you. Within the next five years, within the next two years, three years, they're going back overseas for a WrestleMania. And if you have a moment, if you have a bulldog and Brett moment in Cardiff, where you just have a fucking banger of a match, a title changes hands, you know how crazy that UK crowd is. WWE haven't seen it in a long time because. NXT UK takeovers aren't what they used to be, but like, you know, back in the era of like the Pete Dunns and the and the Mustache Mountains and mm-hmm. even the Undisputed Era pulling up, like those NXT UK crowds, those UK crowds always for WWE are one of a kind. And if I'm booking that show, I need if I'm if I know I can do whatever with Drew McIntyre up until that show because I know I'm going to have that moment and nothing before that is even going to fucking matter. Right? Like, you know, you have your UK hero going to have a crowding moment in a stadium like that. He can do 
anything leading up to that. Um, that being said, uh, I, I do think in the six-man tag, uh, I could see RK-Bro and Drew winning, building that momentum to take the titles off of the Usos, to go after Roman. There's got to be... They, they got to get a blemish. Like, somebody's got to hit... Somebody's got to touch them, right? Like... Roman? It, it, yeah, somebody's got to touch the bloodline somehow. Like, they've been, they've been too hot. It gives me... You know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me of when the Shield were, like, super duper trooper hot. And, like, the first ones that, like, hang a loss on them were, were Cody, Dusty, and, and Goldust. Wait, I'm and changing... Matt, Matt. <laughs> I'm changing all of my picks right now. That's a great... I like that. I like that. That's actually a really good comparison. But now I'm... I'm going to go nuts right now. Okay, go nuts. Where are we at? <laughs> I'm going back to my old to what is I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to I'm going to pick that Bobby wins. Although I'm not I'm a little bit okay. iffy on it because I feel like because just based on absolutely nothing I'm just going to fantasy book that one of the stadium shows either either Las Vegas or Nashville is a is like a four way for the title cuz you need a just cuz the placeholders start seeming reasonable there. So that way you can get Seth and Cody and maybe Bobby in there. And so I'm just going to like lean lightly on my keep Bobby hot thing, but who knows. I'm going to switch my Seth and Cody pick because I'm looking at the I'm looking at the I'm looking at all these matches right now. Seth Cody 3 is the only Hell in a Cell match that makes sense. Ooh. So so I think that I think that I think that we're probably that's my guess my my guess and my hope is that we're headed there. So Seth's got to take that match to set it up, right? Um and then yeah, and this main event or in the six man match, I think that the the, the baby faces win. I think that Drew McIntyre and these mm-hmm. guys and and, and RK Bro or R Clay Bro as we're I guess calling them now is <laughs> going over so that it sets up both future ma- both matches. I don't know. I don't know if they can do them at the next pay per view. I think they feel like I think they might have to hold. I think they might have to keep a pin in both these for another month. But who knows? Who knows? Maybe at Hell in a Cell we'll get the we'll get something in the way of a unification match and a. And and the world championship, a unified championship match. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, the, the the calendar starts making it really weird. But I do think yeah. that I think that I think the symbolism of Roman taking the contract, crumpling it up, and then beating up Riddle to like nullify the unification match. I think in the storytelling sense, that's saying Roman doesn't want these unification matches. Like Roman doesn't have trust in the bloodline. Like you know, they all that other stuff, right? So. I'm thinking what you're thinking. I think, you know, eventually they get there. Eventually, I think this win, them beating the bloodline, eventually sets up like, okay, now we want your gold for real. Like, let's, you know, let's make sure this is ironclad. Let's make sure nothing can mess this up. And maybe Hell in a Cell is where it all has to get settled. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, I and, may, and hey, listen, and maybe and maybe this six man is repeated at Hell in a Cell. I mean, that would be weird, but it would be, but that's feasible, right? If you want to really just like hold serve. Let's get all six of these dudes in a cell together. And then, you know, and the baby faces have to win to get the matches that they want you know, or something like that. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, I'm going to pick the baby faces in this one. I think all of our other picks are good. Are you are you on board with the with our clay? Our clay bro is the winner I, here. I'm with I'm with our clay bro. Uh, I think they're going to win. Uh, like I said, I think the bloodline needs to get a, needs a blemish that they need to get punched in the mouth, you know, and uh, if. The bloodline goes through these guys in a match that really has no consequence, you know, like no titles are going to change hands, whatever. Then why would I tune in to see these guys, you know, run it back again, which it almost seems pretty likely that they're going to do in some way, shape or form. I got Drew Riddle and Randy standing tall at the end of that night. All right. Well, that's it. That's the show. WrestleMania backlash. 
See y'all um, Sunday. We're doing a Spotify live, aren't we? We're doing a Spotify live afterwards. Yeah, um, sounds good. I'm not sure if any. I'm not sure if we're gonna have any main event matches in the Spotify live either. We might just hold serve on that one too, and just do a lot of uh, placeholders for future awesome Spotify lives. But tune nice. in and find out. We're gonna keep it real. Uh, you want to get your plugs in on the way out? Yeah, man. Say less with Kazlo, Kian, Rosie. You know where to get it. YouTube.com slash Kazim. Everywhere you, you stream podcasts. All you lovely people who love this show. Go subscribe there. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for this week, man. Uh, you can find me here. You can find me on the press box next week. The Book of Wrestling's back. Pillman 9mm. Check it out. This is this whole... The Book of Wrestling. It has its own feed for... I should got to keep saying this. Subscribe to The Book of Wrestling. 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. We're picking back up, and it's a whole lot of fun. It's a whole lot of work, so I hope you guys appreciate it. Um, thanks, as always, to our babyface producer, John Kerma. We love you, Scott Hall. We miss you, Scott Hall. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace.